Shalom, brothers and sisters. I'm Brother Sid. I have Brother Corey assisting me today. We are the Commandment Keepers Church. We have a detailed lesson prepared for our brothers and sisters internationally. Today's lesson will be our fourth installment of our fourth and final installment on the Kingdom of Heaven, brothers and sisters. And today's title will be called Kingdom Influence, brothers and sisters. Kingdom Influence. Today's lesson will help us understand the secret to influence in the world, brothers and sisters. This is vitally important because true change is experienced, not through manipulation, but through positive influence, brothers and sisters. So today will be our fourth and final installment of our four-part series in regards to the kingdom of heaven, brothers and sisters. Kingdom influence. Please follow us to Matthew. We're going to the gospel. Chapter 13, we'll have Brother Corey read 33. Matthew 13 and 33. Another parable spake he unto them. The kingdom of heaven is like unto leaven, which a man, which a woman took and hid in three measures of meal, till the whole was leavened. Till what, brother? Till the whole was leavened. This parable is a statement about kingdom influence, brothers and sisters. Could you read that one more time, brother? Verse 33, another parable spake he unto them, the kingdom of heaven is like unto leaven, which a woman took and hid in three measures of meal till the whole was leavened. Leaven, brothers and sisters, anyone who bakes know leaven is, is, is like yeast, brothers and sisters, and a little bit of this yeast affects the whole dish, brothers and sisters. So it's telling you the kingdom of heaven is like a little yeast. Add it to a meal and the whole thing is influenced. So we have a responsibility to influence earthly culture with the culture of heaven. Brothers and sisters, the kingdom of heaven is like unto leaven that takes over the whole thing until the whole meal is left. So God's intention is to influence our world with heaven. Brothers and sisters, to influence the earth with God's government. So now. We're going to show uh, biblical tenets on influence, how to influence brothers and sisters. We're not looking to manipulate, right? The children of Israel who are leaders, leaders don't manipulate. Leaders want to influence in righteousness. They don't want to employ, they want to deploy brothers and sisters. So we're going to utilize the Bible to show us how to use our influence for the kingdom of heaven. Brothers and sisters, we're going to go to 2 Corinthians, Brother Corey. Follow us, brothers and sisters. We're sticking to the New Testament for a minute here. We're going to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. We're going to read verse 20. 2 Corinthians 5 and 20. Now then we are ambassadors for Christ. We are what? Ambassadors for Christ. Ambassadors, brothers and sisters. An ambassador is someone outside of, well, on a foreign territory sent by a government. To influence, brothers and sisters. Could you read that one more time, brother? Verse 20. Now then we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God did beseech you by us. We pray you in Christ's stead. Be ye reconciled to God. Mm. Brothers and sisters, ambassadors. We are ambassadors for Christ. So those who serve as ambassadors are chosen because of their mastery at representing the interests of their ruler, brothers and sisters. Could you read that one more time, brother? Verse 20. Now then we are ambassadors for Christ, 
as though God did beseech you by us. We pray you in Christ's stead. Be ye reconciled to God. This should be our mindset, brothers and sisters. And guess what? As an ambassador, we represent the whole country, the kingdom of God. We are diplomats, brothers and sisters. And guess what? As ambassadors, we are the visible demonstration of our king wherever we go. We have to understand this. Why? Because we're talking about influence, brothers and sisters. So the Bible is going to help us discover our true calling as ambassadors for the kingdom of God, brothers and sisters. Ambassadors for Christ. We're going to go to Proverbs, brothers and sisters. Follows the Proverbs because we're talking about influence, kingdom influence, brothers and sisters. We have to start with the foundation. <clears throat> Proverbs 29 and 18. Where there is no vision, the people perish. But he that keepeth the law, happy is he. This is key. Where there is no vision, the people perish. Brothers and sisters, without revelation of the Most High, people live purposeless lives. A man or a woman with a clear vision for their life lives a very <clears throat> a very loose life. A person without that vision lives loosely. Guess what? A man with a vision lives a very narrow life. Brothers and sisters. Why? Because disciplined people live narrowly. If you understand what your destination is, you automatically know what roads won't get you there. Brothers and sisters. A vision is necessary. Could you read that one more time, brother? Proverbs 29 and 18, where there is no vision, the people perish, but he that keepeth the law, happy is he. So what this is showing us is what? We, if we have a vision, that means we should live a very, very tight life, brothers and sisters. Once you know where you're going, you automatically know what roads won't take you there. So this is key. This is key in the tenets of influences to first have a vision. Have a vision of where you're going, what your destination is, what your purpose is, brothers and sisters. Because how can you influence and you don't have a vision? All the people that are walking the earth, even though maybe not following the Bible, they, they have influence based on their vision. For example, Michael Jordan, well, LeBron James, brothers and sisters, they have influence. Why? Are they working for the most high? No. But they had a vision for their life, which was to put everything they had into basketball. And guess what? Their celebrity now gives them influence, brothers and sisters. But it was based on what? The vision. They worked on, you know, bouncing the basketball, taking shots from yay high, brothers and sisters. See? So we need to have a vision, brothers and sisters. That's the only way we can influence in a kingdom fashion, brothers and sisters. We're going to show you. We're going to go to Proverbs 25 and 28, brothers and sisters. Proverbs 25 and 28. <clears throat> he that hath no rule over his own spirit is like a city that is broken down and without walls. Now that's key, brothers and sisters, because a man with no vision will perish. Why? Because there's a lack of discipline. See, brothers and sisters? So true leadership cultivates self-control that regulates one's focus and order one's life, brothers and sisters. This is what vision does. Without a vision, you are like a city broken down without walls. Can you read 28 again, brother? Verse 28. He that hath no rule over his own spirit 
It's like a city that is broken down and without walls. This is how we are, brothers and sisters. For example, if Brother Corey and I say, you know what, next year, this time, we're going to go to Panama. Guess what happens? Now that we have a vision for where we want to go, the way we work, the way we spend money, where we go, all of that is now determined based on what the vision is. Okay, brother, well, you know what? We can't eat out no more for the next couple months. We actually got to work extra hours now, brother. Okay? Okay, no, no, uh, you know, I can't go buy those $300 uh, Michael Jordan shoes because I got a vision of where I'm trying to go. See, brothers and sisters, you need that vision because if you have that vision, you will automatically live a disciplined lifestyle. And guess what? A disciplined lifestyle distinguishes leaders from followers, brothers and sisters. Leaders know that the most powerful kind of control is self-control because it's the hardest to master, brothers and sisters. So this is the key. When you influence someone, what happens? When we want to go to see... um. You know, Michael Jordan game or LeBron James game. What is it? Why? We we do what, brothers and sisters? We love the discipline that it takes. A lot of us don't want to go play football, play basketball. Mm-hmm. It's the discipline that the athlete has that will have you go see them, brothers and sisters. See, people look up to discipline, brothers and sisters. That's what we look up to. That's why we go see Michael Jordan and, you know, LeBron James, Kobe Bryant. Not that we're going to get out there and start dunking the basketball, but it's the discipline that led them to where they are today. That discipline will bring forth influence, brothers and sisters. You have to have a vision first. That vision will help you discipline your life, brothers and sisters. We're going to, we're going to take another step. Uh, Brother Court, let's go to 1 Corinthians 10 and 23. We're going to go, go back to the New Testament, brothers and sisters. Please follow us. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 23. 1 Corinthians 10 and 23. All things are lawful for me, but all things are not expedient. All things are lawful for me, but all things edify not. See, this is what we're talking about, brothers and sisters. We can do many things, but everything is not constructive to our lives, brothers and sisters. See, Paul understood to be single-minded in the pursuit of of a purpose, brothers and sisters. See, yeah, I can do anything I want to do. No one can stop me. But is it beneficial for what my vision is? This is why you need the vision, brothers and sisters. We're going to have Brother Corey read that one more time. First Corinthians 10 and 23. All things are lawful for me, but all things are not expedient. All things are lawful for me, but all things edify not. This is clear, brothers and sisters. The art of Priority is distinguishing between the important and the urgent, brothers and sisters. And guess what? Leadership means knowing the difference between busyness and effectiveness, brothers and sisters. We must make a distinction between an opportunity and a distraction. And why are we bringing this up? Because if you're going to influence, you have to learn the tenets of leadership. In order to influence, you must be a leader in some fashion, in some room, brothers and sisters. Every one of us is a leader Depending on uh, the topic or what room we're in, some of us are leaders within our families, the men. Some of us are leaders within our extended families because we're the first ones with the truth of who we are. Some of us, you know, there's many, many different avenues of where leadership comes, brothers and sisters. But we first have to know what? We have to know 
how to influence or what garners influence, brothers and sisters, what will make a person gravitate to you and allow you to influence them. And it's the discipline, brothers and sisters. It is the discipline that we know Michael Jordan, uh, you know, shot basketballs, you know, a thousand basketball shots every day for 20 years that got him to be a professional or the best of all time. See, now, do I want to go shoot a thousand baskets? Absolutely not. Mm-hmm. But we admire those who have the discipline, brothers and sisters. So you need the vision, brothers and sisters. You need the vision. Brother Corey, let's go to um, let's go to Luke 10 and 38, because we're going to show you Martha had this struggle of not knowing how to prioritize like many of us do, brothers and sisters. Many of our people struggle with this. We're going to go to Luke chapter 10. We're going to read verse, let's read 38 through 42, Brother Corey. Luke 10 and 38. Now it came to pass, as they went, that he entered into a certain village. And a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Christ's feet and heard his word. So here we are, Martha and Mary, brothers and sisters. Verse 40. But Martha was cumbered about much serving and came to him. And said, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister hath left me to serve alone? Could you read 40 again, brother? Verse 40. But Martha was cumbered about much serving and came to him and said, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Bid her therefore that she help me. So she wanted, she was, um, she was not happy, brothers and sisters, that her sister was sitting at Christ's feet while she's preparing food. So she said, can you send her to help me? And what did Christ say, brother? Verse 41, And Christ answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful careful and troubled about many things. That's key, brothers and sisters, because listen, this is what we do. She did what most of us do, and we assume, she assumed that Christ was hungry, just like us. We think we know what the Most High wants us to do, brothers and sisters. So look at what happened. She became angry that others were not joining her in her business that was not appropriate. Can you read 41 one more time, brother? Verse 41. And Christ answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things. You are busy in many things. Verse 42. But one thing is needful. But what? One thing is needful. And Mary hath chosen that good part which shall not be taken away from her. That's key, brothers and sisters. So Martha is now furious. She's angry um, that her sister did not take the route that she did to prepare to serve Christ. Christ is not hungry. Now, the question is, are you doing the same things? Are you trying to get others involved in things that are not God's will? Because Christ told her, you are busy with many things. (laughs) You are troubled about many things when only one thing is needed. We have to find that one thing, brothers and sisters, because guess what? It's the one thing that you do that's going to allow you to influence the earth, brothers and sisters. Do you think, you know, Tiger Woods may have influence? Why? What do you think of when you hear Tiger Woods? You think one thing, golf. (laughs) See, when you find that one thing, we are the masters of, of, excuse me, we are general contractors, brothers and sisters. We're very general. We don't focus on one thing and pursue it. In order to influence, brothers and sisters, you must pursue one thing. 
We do a lot of things well, but master nothing. That's the problem, brothers and sisters. We haven't found a niche. You find what the vision is, what God had given you, what gift that is, brothers and sisters. And you use that gift to do what? You use that gift as an influence, brothers and sisters, because it's your gift that's going to bring people to you. For example, Proverbs tell you that a man's gift maketh room for him, brothers and sisters. What does that mean? What that means is <clears throat> if a brother or somebody in my family needs open heart surgery, but the only open heart surgeon that can do it is a Muslim, do you think I'm going to turn him down? Exactly. See? Doesn't matter if I agree with <laughs> doesn't matter if I agree with his way of believing God and we need a heart transplant. See, brothers and sisters? So no matter if somebody agree with you or not, it's your gift that's going to make room for you in this earth, brothers and sisters. That's what that's what's gonna make room for you. Even if someone don't like you, brothers and sisters, if they have to come to you because you've locked down one specific uh you know, one specific industry, and it doesn't have to be work, brothers and sisters. But what we're saying is find one thing and focus on that. We're trying to do way too many things. He said, you're troubled with many things. You're busy with many things, and only one thing is needful. I need you to get one thing, and you focus on that every day. And I'm going to use that, your dedication to that, your commitment to that, to allow you to influence people. This is what... This is what he's showing us, brothers and sisters. The vision. The vision. If a sister have a voice and she wants to sing. From her 9 to 5 job. That's her 9 to 5 job. That's a job. But her gift is what she does after the 9 to 5. If you have a voice, the Most High gave you that. And that's your gift. You work on that every single day. Every day. You focus on that one thing every single day. Why? Because it's your voice. That's going to be used as an influence because you can sing. People now want to be around you. See, brothers and sisters. So this is how you cultivate your influence. You have to find one thing. And there's a difference, brothers and sisters. Your job is what they pay you for your gift. You would do without being paid. So that's key. Never confuse your job and your work, brothers and sisters. Never confuse that. Brother Corey, let's um, let's read let's read those two scriptures again. Um, can you read forty through forty one again, brother? Luke ten verse forty. But Martha was cumbered about much serving, and came to him and said, "Lord, dost thou not care that my sister had left me to serve alone? Bid her therefore that she help me." And Christ answered and said unto her, "Martha, Martha." Thou art careful and troubled about many things. You are troubled. You're busy with many things. But one thing is needful. But what? One thing is needful. And Mary hath chosen that good part, which shall not be taken away from her. That's key, brothers and sisters. Because guess what? Your gift. What is the gift of a mango tree, brothers and sisters? From a mango tree, the gift is the mango. Guess what? People come to that mango tree for the mango. See, the gift that God gave you is never for you. It's for people to come to you so you can influence them, brothers and sisters. The gift he gave you is never for you, brothers and sisters. A tree don't eat its own fruit, brothers and sisters. People come to the tree for the fruit, brothers and sisters. 
So guess what? Whatever that gift is, whatever your passion is, brothers and sisters, that is to be used to do what? To influence the earth. Remember that parable about the talents. He gave people talents. One brother hid his talent in the dirt, <laughs> brought nothing back. You find what your gift is, brothers and sisters. And we actually have a lesson, um, brother Corey and I, that we're putting together uh, to help identify that. But you find out what that is and you focus on that every single day, brothers and sisters. You focus on that every day because it's your discipline to that one thing that's going to allow you to be an influence, brothers and sisters. We're going to go forward, Brother Corey. Let's go to Philippians 3 and 13. Please follow us, brothers and sisters, because we're talking about influence here. Kingdom influence, brothers and sisters. Philippians 3 and 13. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do. But what? This one thing I do. But what? This one thing I do. This one thing I do. He's showing you priority, brothers and sisters. We have to get to the point where we're only living for one thing, brothers and sisters. Whatever your gift is or whatever your vision is, and you're going to use your vision or gift to bring people to the most high, to influence them. Brothers and sisters, see, Paul understood this. Could you read that one more time, brother? Verse 13, brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ. Now that's key. This one thing I do, guess what? When you find that one thing, life will become very simple. Brothers and sisters, and guess what? All true leaders are distinguished by their strong sense of priorities. Brothers and sisters, effective leadership involves the management of one's priorities. This is what we need the children of Israel to understand if you're going to influence. People must think of something. What do they think of when they hear your name? When they call your name, what do they think of? Is it one thing? Or do they not think of anything at all because you're a jack of all trades? A jack of all trades and a master of nothing. See, that's the key, brothers and sisters. People should know us. Something should come to their mind, whether that's singing, whether, you know, uh, a brother deals with um, <clears throat> calisthenics or, or dealing with um, learning herbs or sister does uh, fashion. She's in the garment. What do they think of? Because whatever that, that parameter is, they will come to you when they need that, brothers and sisters. We're doing way too many things and we're not accomplishing anything, brothers and sisters. That one thing, you find that one thing that you can use to bring people to Christ as an influence, brothers and sisters. That's what we have to do. What do people think of when they say your name, brothers and sisters? We have to get on that. We're going to have Brother Corey read that one more time. Philippians 3 and 13. Brethren. I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ. Now that's key, brothers and sisters, because true leadership, which is what the Bible is trying to make us into, because you can only influence someone if they allow you to lead them, brothers and sisters, in some way, shape or form. True leaders have learned how to distinguish between what is truly important and what is urgent but a temporary need, 
brothers and sisters. Like we said, a jack of all trades, a master of nothing, brothers and sisters. We become leaders when we find that one thing we're supposed to master. Find that one thing and master that, brothers and sisters. And you mastering that one thing is going to allow you to influence in a, in a righteous way, brothers and sisters. Listen to what we're saying here, because these are the kingdom tenets of influence here, brothers and sisters. These are the tenets here. Uh, Brother Corey, let's go to 2 Corinthians 11. New Testament, brothers and sisters, 2 Corinthians 11 and 22. 2 Corinthians 11 and 22. Are they Hebrews? So am I. Are they Israelites? So am I. Are they the seed of Abraham? So am I. Are they ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool, I am more, in labors more abundant, in stripes above measure, in prisons more, more frequent, in deaths often. Look at this, brothers and sisters. It says, are they ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool, I am more. Why? Because in my labors are more abundant. I've had stripes above measures, in prisons more than frequent, in a, a situation that could cause death often. Verse 24. Of the Jews, five times received thy forty stripes, save one. So that's thirty-nine lashes. Verse 25. Thrice was I beaten with rods. Once was I stoned. Thrice I suffered shipwreck. A night and a day I have been in the deep. Now, look, look at this, brothers and sisters. Because a true vision is discovered when you find something you're willing to die for, brothers and sisters. Or you're willing to go through <clears throat> adversity for. Here... We find a unique passage that shows the passion he had for his vision. That's what it's about, the passion, brothers and sisters. Why? Because Paul paid a price for his purpose, but his passion enabled him to do it, brothers and sisters. When you find that passion, you will suffer. You will go through things for it because you're passionate about it, brothers and sisters. That's what caused people to follow you. <laughs> That's what will cause someone to come to you, right? If a brother do basketball. You know, and that's what he do. He work on that every day. And maybe the brother go to maybe some a gym somewhere and he see some mothers in there and say, well, listen, we're giving out free classes for the boys on Sundays uh, from this age to this age once a week. You understand, brothers and sisters? It's the passion. You're not getting paid for it. But what? Your gift was to shoot that basketball. So now you're using that gift to affect young men. You have to have the vision brothers and sisters, because it's the passion that will cause a brother to follow you. You see a brother who's passionate or a sister that's passionate about what their vision is, and you can get behind that. A brother that got that passion with what that is, whatever that may be, I can follow that. <clears throat> see, brothers and sisters, Paul is showing you the passion he had. Uh, can you read 25, brother? Verse 25. Thrice was I beaten with rods. Once was I stoned. Thrice I suffered shipwreck, a night and a day I have been in the deep, in journeyings often, in perils of water, in perils of robbers, in perils by mine own countrymen, in perils by the heathen, in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, <laughs> in perils among false brethren. Look at all this trouble he went through, brothers and sisters. Verse 27, in weariness and painfulness, in watchings often. In hunger and thirst, 
and fastings often, in cold and nakedness, besides those things that are without, that which cometh upon me daily, the care of all the churches, who is weak, and I am not weak, who is offended, and I burn not. Look at this, brothers and sisters. See, our influence or leadership is born when one discovers his purpose for being and commits to pursue it at all costs, <clears throat> brothers and sisters. How can I affect, you know, bringing people to Christ? What can I do? What can I master that will cause a brother or a sister to come to me concerning one thing? And that one thing is going to open up the door for me to share this truth, brothers and sisters. See, this is what it is, brothers and sisters. This is what we're focusing on. What we're learning is passion for God's work is contagious, brothers and sisters. Reading this, it shows you that all true visions will be tested for authenticity. Look at how he was being tested. Guess what? If you go through a little adversity and you'll stop it, that wasn't the vision from God. That was probably your vision for yourself, brothers and sisters. If a vision is terminated by trials, it probably was not authentic, brothers and sisters. Let's go to Matthew, brother Corey, uh, 28 and 19, brother. We have to get focused. It's time to get focused, brothers and sisters. Matthew 28 and 19. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Are you seeing this, brothers and sisters? Could you read that one more time, brother? Verse 19. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. Brothers and sisters, if you're examining this closely, understand that this cultural transformation will require wisdom of influence. Look at this. It's saying, go to the nations, teaching them, baptizing them. How are you going to be doing all this without any influence? <laughs> you're going to need influence, brothers and sisters, to be able to do this. You have to realize, brothers and sisters, this is not something where it works like magic. Where, yeah, I'm going to just be able to walk up to anyone and teach them what's right. No, there have to be some influence there, brothers and sisters. Can you read those two again, brother? Verse 19. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo... I am with you always, even until the end of the world. This is key, brothers and sisters, because the condition of the earth is evidence of our ineffectiveness. Brothers and sisters, we have been failing miserably at influencing the earth to become disciples, as this scripture tells us. Christ was able to influence the earth in three and a half years more than we have in 2,000 years, brothers and sisters. And that's key. Looking at the earth, it, it's an indictment. On believers, brothers and sisters. Let's prove that. Let's let's prove that, brother Corey. Let's go to Second Ezra chapter fourteen. We're going to the apographer, brothers and sisters. Please follow us there. We're reading Second Ezra fourteen and sixteen. We'll read verse seventeen also, brother. Second Ezra fourteen and sixteen. For yet greater evils than those which thou hast seen happen shall be done hereafter. Could you read that one more time? <clears throat> 
for yet greater evils than those which thou hast seen happen shall be done hereafter. Greater evils shall be done hereafter. For look how much the world shall be weaker through age. Could you read that again? For look how much the world shall be weaker through age. So much the more shall evils increase upon them that dwell therein. So much what, brother? So much more shall evils increase upon them that dwell therein. Brothers and sisters, this is an incrimination on believers. There are more sinners on the earth today than 2,000 years ago when Christ walked. That means we have not been successful as the birth rate in producing sinners. Brothers and sisters, could you read those two scriptures one more time, brother? Second Ezra 14 and 16. For yet greater evils than those which thou hast, hast seen happen shall be done hereafter. For look how much the world shall be weaker through age. So much the more shall evils increase upon them that dwell therein. Look at this. The earth is getting weaker through age because evil is increasing. So brothers and sisters, if we had been effective, there should be less sinners on the earth. So the implications of this scripture is damning, brothers and sisters. Let's magnify that, brother. Let's go to 2 Ezra 5 and 1. Look at this closely, brothers and sisters. We're still in the Apocrypha. We're going to read verse 1 and 2. 2 Ezra 5 verse 1. Nevertheless, as coming the tokens, behold, the day shall come, that they which dwell upon earth shall be taken in a great number, and the way of truth shall be hidden. And what? And the way of truth shall be hidden, and the land shall be barren of faith, but iniquity shall be increased above that which now thou seest. But what, brother? But iniquity shall be increased above that which not thou now seest, or that thou hast heard long ago. Look at this, brothers and sisters. There should be less sinners on the earth 2,000 years after the birth of Christ <laughs> than before, brothers and sisters. There are more people being born than being born again. Brothers and sisters, why? Because those who are born again don't know how to reach those that are just being born. Brothers and sisters, but iniquity shall be increased above thou which you now see. And this is back then. <laughs> it tell you that the land is barren of faith. Brothers and sisters. So this is key. In order to, in order for the Most High to utilize us for positive cultural influence, we must have the leadership qualifications. Christ teaches us how to do this, brothers and sisters. We're going to go into the scriptures. The Bible is going to tell us the tenets that we must embody in order to be utilized by the Most High to influence the earth around us, brothers and sisters. We're going to go into the Bible and let the Bible lay out the blueprint on how to change the world, brothers and sisters, according to the influence of Christ. Christ has something he wants to show us in his Matthew 10 and 16. This is what you must know first. This is that foundation. Matthew 10 and 16. Behold, I send you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves. Be therefore wise as serpents and harmless as doves. Brothers and sisters, he laid down a general principle about the technique of of kingdom work. He taught us how to optimize our gospel spreading opportunities. Could you read that one more time, brother? Verse 16. Behold, I send you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves. Be ye therefore wise as serpents and harmless as doves. Mm, see, this is it, brothers and sisters. Be like sheep in the midst of wolves, which is what? 
non-threatening brothers and sisters. People shouldn't feel threatened by you. See? Unassuming brothers and sisters. He's given us key knowledge here in order for us to go into this world, brothers and sisters, that is amongst wolves, brothers and sisters. What he's telling us is that success requires that we strike the optimal balance between a dove and the serpent, brothers and sisters. Right? The dove and the serpent. The dove is harmless. When you see a dove, you just want to hug it. See? Brothers and sisters. You can't be abrasive. Don't be abrasive. Brothers and sisters. Be inviting. But the other. The serpent. Be wise as a serpent. What does that mean? Brothers and sisters. What do serpents do? They camouflage. Brothers and sisters. They camouflage. A lot of people, they step on the snake, don't even know the snake is there. Why? Because the snake knows how to adapt. We're going to show you. Brother Corey, let's go to 1 Corinthians. Uh, 1 Corinthians 9 and 19, brother. 1 Corinthians 9 and 19. For though I be free from all men, yet have I made myself servant unto all, that I might gain the more. Brothers and sisters. First Corinthians provides a wealth of information regarding methods of evangelism. Look closely at this. Could you read that one more time, brother? Verse 19. For though I be free from all men, yet have I made myself servant unto all, that I may gain the more. That I may gain the more. And unto the Jews I became as a Jew, that I might gain the Jews. To them that are under the law as under the law, that I might gain them that are under the law. Mm. To them that are without law as without law, being not without law unto God, but under the law to Christ, that I might gain them that are without law. That I may gain them that are without law. To the weak became I as weak, that I might gain the weak. That I might gain the weak. I am made all things to all men. I what, brother? I am made all things to all men that I might get by, that I might by all means save some. Look at that. Paul would represent, or excuse me, Paul would present himself differently in various circumstances to win people for Christ, brothers and sisters. See, a serpent <clears throat> adapts to the way people live to win them, brothers and sisters. This is critical. This is critical, brothers and sisters. Versatility is a requirement to be an effective influencer, brothers and sisters. Brother Corey, can you read verse 20? Verse 20. And then to the Jews I became as a Jew, that I might gain the Jews. To them that are under the law as under the law, that I might gain them that are under the law. To them that are without law as without law. Being not without law to God, but under the law to Christ, that I might gain them that are without law. To the weak became I as weak, that I might gain the weak. I am made all things to all men, that I might by any means or all means save some. Now this is key, brothers and sisters, because here's a couple of things that are being illustrated in this scripture. His motive wasn't so he could seem like he was smarter than someone. His motive as he, he said numerous times, to save, I, I want to help save them, that I may gain them, that I may gain them. It wasn't about looking like you was deep or, or so you could have authority over someone. That was never his motive. 
brothers and sisters. And if that wasn't his motive or that is not our motive, then guess what? Winning souls to Christ requires presenting the gospel without needlessly offending them. See, that's the key. Don't offend them, brothers and sisters. That's the first thing. Do not offend them. A lot of us, we want to go straight into, uh, you know, just telling a person what they're doing wrong so they can know we're smarter than them. You're not going to influence anyone like that, brothers and sisters. See, you're not going to influence them like that, brothers and sisters. You're going <laughs> to you're going to close the door and your opportunity to be close enough to show them anything. Understand this, brothers and sisters. Let's go to Proverbs 18 and 24, Brother Corey. Proverbs has something critical that anyone who's looking to influence, according to what we've learned, uh, or, or the kingdom, must know this. Proverbs 18 and 24. A man that hath friends must show himself friendly. What did that say, brother? A man that hath friends must show himself friendly. And there is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. Brothers and sisters, this scripture is powerful because it says a man that hath friends must show himself friendly. Brothers and sisters, try to make a friend before you try to convert, brothers and sisters. This is key knowledge that you're going to need. Why? Because the clearest path to converting someone doesn't reveal itself immediately, brothers and sisters. See, is it about you telling somebody what they're doing is wrong? Why don't you just make a friend? See? Why? Because if I don't like you, I don't care how deep you are. <laughs> I'm not listening. See? Now, I'm not speaking for me personally. But that's how people are, brothers and sisters. If someone likes you, they're more likely to listen to you, even if they don't agree. Think about it. Think of someone you obviously, you know, you don't think, <laughs> you know, is somebody that you uh, uh you know, you get along with that well or somebody that's offended you and think about if you would listen to them if they were trying to tell you something. Hmm. Exactly, brothers and sisters. So you must show yourself friendly, brothers and sisters, inviting, harmless as a dove. Can you read 24 one more time, brother? Proverbs 18 and 24. A man that hath friends must show himself friendly. And there is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. So build a foundation or relationship, excuse me, build a foundation or relationship that allows them to witness your faith in action, brothers and sisters. If you can keep them close enough to see how you operate, see, that's part of witnessing, brothers and sisters. It's not always saying, go to this scripture and go to that scripture, then being close enough to see your lifestyle. That's a testimony in itself, brothers and sisters. So guess what? To get them closer to God, you have to get closer to them, brothers and sisters. See? This is critical in order for us to be effective at influencing, brothers and sisters. I'm not going to come to a brother and offend him and start pointing out everything he's not doing right. Because, I mean, how does that help us? <laughs> the people that I know that do that, they just want to seem deep. I'm over you because I can point out what you're doing that's wrong. You're not going to influence like that. Not righteously, brothers and sisters. So you must show yourself friendly. Many Israelites don't do that. They got to seem hard and yell and curse on the streets. It's like you're scaring people. <laughs> Are you out there just to hear your 
your own voice? Are you really trying to get people into this truth? Put your pride down. Show yourself friendly. Just because you're friendly doesn't mean you're soft. But there's some, you know, <laughs> in the black community, we have a, a skewed view of what masculinity is. Masculinity, true masculinity, is being comfortable in your own skin and not have to perpetrate a fraud. So people think you hard or something that you're not. There's nothing wrong with being friendly, brothers and sisters. Christ was around sinner, all types of people. They loved him. Why? Because he never offended him, brothers and sisters. We're learning from the greatest influence in, in human history, brothers and sisters. Let's go to uh, Brother Corey. Let's go to the Apocrypha. We're going to go to Ecclesiasticus uh, chapter 6, verse 5, brother. <clears throat> Ecclesiasticus 6, verse 5. Sweet language will multiply friends. What did that say? Sweet language will multiply friends. And a fair speaking tongue will increase kind greetings. Could you read that one more time, brother? Verse 5. Sweet language will multiply friends. What is this teaching us? This is likability, brothers and sisters. Likeability. People will listen to those whom they like. And avoid listening to those whom they do not. It's just that simple, brothers and sisters. Verse 5. Sweet language will multiply friends, and a fair-speaking tongue will increase kind greetings. See? So seek to develop authentic relationships with those we intend to influence, brothers and sisters. Show interest in others. People love to feel acknowledged. Allow them to talk about themselves. Tell you what they like. <laughs> You can't just come bogart a person and think you're going to be pulling out, you know, the Torah, the Tanakh. <laughs> Let them know you're interested in them. Let them know. Be interested in what they're interested in. Brothers, understand that because I'm sure you've done it before. When it was a woman, things she's talking about, you probably don't care about at all. But all of a sudden, everything she says is funny. <laughs> now you're interested in the book she reads, right? See, you have to have that same mindset of pursuing. Men love to pursue. Nothing wrong with pursuit as long as you're pursuing the right things. Brothers and sisters. We're pursuing the kingdom. We're trying to influence others into obtaining the kingdom also. Brothers and sisters. Sweet language will multiply friends. Why? Because just because something is true doesn't give you license to say it. Okay? Yes, the Bible say... You know, not to put up a Christmas tree. But I'm not going to go to my family's house on Christmas when they're about to open up gifts and pull that out, brothers and sisters. Yeah, it's true that you shouldn't do it. But how is that going to help right now? That's going to get you put out. See? So you have to have wisdom, brothers and sisters. Because many brothers say, well, yeah, it's the truth. It's in the Bible. So that gives me the license to say it however I want to say it. I don't have to be nice. I can yell it. I can cuss it. It's in the Bible. That's ignorant, brother. That's ignorant. Sweet language will multiply friends. If a person like you, they will listen to you, brothers and sisters. So you must learn likability. Now, I understand some people are like pain medication, best in small doses. You have to learn this, what we're reading here, brothers and sisters. How to multiply friends through your talk, through your speech. Be harmless as a dove. Brother Corey, let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 32. 
followers, brothers and sisters. Kingdom influence is the lesson. It's our fourth installment of our four-part series on the kingdom of heaven. Brothers and sisters, kingdom influence. 1 Corinthians 10 and 32. Give none offense, neither to the Jews nor to the Gentiles. Could you read that again? Give none offense, neither to the Jews nor to the Gentiles nor to the church of God. This is the apostolic order, brothers and sisters. We are instructed to avoid giving unnecessary offense when we can, brothers and sisters. Can you read that one more time? Verse 32. Give none offense, neither to the Jews, nor to the Gentiles, nor to the church of God. Even as I please all men in all things, not seeking mine own profit. Not what? Seeking mine own profit, but the profit of many. That they may be saved, see? So we're mandated to be inoffensive, brothers and sisters. Avoid everything that may be the occasion of offense, brothers and sisters. This is the first great principle of conversion conduct. Here he is in verse 33 showing his motive. Could you read that one more time from the top, brother? Verse 32. Give non-offense, neither to the Jews... Nor to the Gentiles. So even if it's a Gentile, I don't care if it's an Edomite or the whitest pale person, you're not supposed to offend him. Nor to the church of God. Even as I please all men in all things, not seeking my own profit. Not seeking my own. But the profit of many, that they may be saved. See, I'm not trying to prove that I'm right. <laughs> um, this is has nothing to do with me. It's not for my profit so people can think, Oh, Brother Corey, Brother Sid, they they street scholars. they scholars. <laughs> like, I mean, we're all slaves, brothers and sisters. You don't need the, <laughs> okay? What we need to do is put the priority first. And that's not the priority of me trying to show that I'm deep, brothers and sisters. The priority is for them to get the truth, for us to influence them to see the light like you see it, like I see it, like we see it, brothers and sisters. Because why? A lot of people cover and conceal what their true motive is. Their true motive is just they want to have some authority over someone and tell someone what they do, uh, what they're doing is wrong. And they'll use the Bible to do it because a lot of Israelites was doing that before. They would use the Bible to exercise authority over someone. So the motive have to be clean. Paul is showing you here, brothers and sisters. I'm not seeking my own profit, but the profit of many. So if I'm seeking the profit of them, then I won't offend them. Because offending them isn't going to get them into the truth. <laughs> See? Brother Corey, let's show you. Let's, uh, let's show them. Let's go to Proverbs 18 and 19. There's a reason why it's telling you not to give offense to the Jews or the Gentiles. Uh, Proverbs 18 and 19, brother. Proverbs 18, verse 19. A brother offended is harder to be won than a strong city. What did that say? A brother offended is harder to be won than a strong city. That's It says harder to be won than a strong city. That means a city that have a, a militia <laughs> to the teeth, brothers and sisters. It's hard to go into a city that have a militia and walls, you know, watchmen surrounding it. To overtake it. A brother offended is harder to be won than a strong city, and their contentions are like the bars of a castle. Look at that, brothers and sisters. 
Avoid every disagreement and offense that you possibly can, brothers and sisters. Why? Because when there's a fall, when, when there's a fallout, only with extreme difficulty can there be reconciliation. A brother offended is harder to be one than a strong city. So once you offend the brother, you can pretty much cancel your ability to be able to come back to that brother and show him scripture. Because the first thing you did was offend him by pointing out everything he's not doing right. See? The disciples had it on. The disciples had it, brothers and sisters. The disciples understood there's a certain conduct on how you're going to be able to witness and influence, brothers and sisters, and it's not through offense. Once you offend a brother, you are near a hopeless situation, brothers and sisters. Could you read that one more time, brother, before we move on? Proverbs 18 and 19. A brother offended is harder to be won than a strong city. And their contentions are like the bars of a castle. <laughs> their contentions are like the bars of a castle. Bars keep you out. <laughs> See, it's your disagreements that's keeping a brother out. See, let's go to what we agree on first. Let's start there. <laughs> See, let's go there. So I can, you know, have some common ground with a brother or sister. Not going to everything, you know. That we disagree with. The scripture is showing us we must display the utmost integrity and be careful not to be a stumbling block, brothers and sisters. We're not to be a stumbling block. Because why? If you're offending a brother to get your point across, it appears that you're just trying to get your point across. <laughs> you're not trying to gain the brother. You're just trying to show, you know, get your point across. So that's key. Let's go to Proverbs 16 and 7. Just a few chapters over, brothers and sisters. Proverbs 16, verse 7. When a man's ways please the Lord, he maketh even his enemies to be at peace with him. Look at that, brothers and sisters. Giving offense is unnecessary if we're using the biblical tenets of conversion, brothers and sisters. Could you read that one more time? Verse 7. When a man's ways please the Lord... He maketh even his enemies to be at peace with him. See? So if we walk in humility, even our enemies will abandon their hostile attitude towards us, brothers and sisters. This is showing us. Walking in the spirit brings the natural consequences of peace, brothers and sisters. See? Even though a person may not agree with you, if you do it in a way that's pleasing to the most high, there still be peace. You have to be careful how you... How you, uh, how you swing the sword, though, brothers and sisters. This Bible is a sword, double-edged sword. So you have to be careful how you wield this, brothers and sisters. And we're learning, we're learning, brothers and sisters, how to get close enough in order to influence, brothers and sisters. Here we are, we're learning this. Uh, Brother Corey, we're going to go to Colossians. We're jumping, I know, brothers and sisters, but this is important. Because we're looking to influence the earth to become like Israel. Colossians 4 and 5, brother. Colossians 4, verse 5. Walk in wisdom toward them that are without, redeeming the time. Let your speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how ye ought to answer every man. Look at that, brothers and sisters. Walk in wisdom towards them that are without, which means... If a brother, if, you know, if somebody is trying to, um, 
If someone's trying to spark a certain response out of you to invigorate you, brothers and sisters, guess what? You're the one with the wisdom. You don't stoop down to their level. See, brothers and sisters, wisdom should be used regarding our actions towards unbelievers. <laughs> Why? Because you're the one with the wisdom. You're the one that's following the Bible, right? So guess what? If a brother cuss you and call you out your name, you're not going to cuss him and call him out his name back, are you? <laughs> because why? You look just like him, a sinner. Walk in wisdom towards them that are without, brothers and sisters. And I spoke to a brother about this recently, and he was saying, I, you know, I feel like it's a disadvantage following the Bible because they don't have to abide by the rules while I do. It makes me look soft. I'm like, according to who, brother? Have you seen Christ? <laughs> what do you mean soft? What What is soft, brother? What's soft about following the tenets of the Bible? Yeah, if a brother want to cuss you and all this, uh, listen, brother, I love you anyway. As long as, you know, as long as nothing turns physical, brother, I mean, that's fine. I don't need to, you know, because why? You're going to do more damage than good, brothers and sisters. Can you read that one more time, brother? Colossians 4 and 5. Walk in wisdom toward them that are without, redeeming the time. Let your speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how ye ought to answer every man. That's key. Your speech is critical, brothers and sisters. Your speech is critical. What you say, how you say it, and when you say it, brothers and sisters. Your speech is critical to your influence, brothers and sisters. It says, walk in wisdom towards them that are without. Guess what? In order to walk in wisdom, we must know the tenets of influence. We're going to use the Bible for those tenets, brothers and sisters. We're going to start in Ecclesiastes. Not Ecclesiasticus, but Ecclesiastes, brothers and sisters. Chapter 7, verse 1. Ecclesiastes 7, verse 1. A good name is better than precious ointment. Could you read that again? A good name is better than precious ointment. Look at that. This illustrates the superior value of a good name, brothers and sisters. A good name means a good reputation. And a good reputation smells better than the most expensive perfume, brothers and sisters. Could you read that one more time? Verse 1. A good name is better than precious ointment. And the day of death than the day of one's birth. This is key, brothers and sisters. Your reputation and esteem by others should exceed any other goal, brothers and sisters. Our reputation and relationships are a great measure of our lives, brothers and sisters. See, you have to have a good reputation in order to influence someone, brothers and sisters, in a godly manner for them to allow you to influence. Your reputation must be intact, brothers and sisters. Can you read that one more time, brother? Ecclesiastes 7 and 1. A good name is better than precious ointment. And the day of one's death than the day of one's birth. It says, and the day of death than the day of one's birth. Why? Because on the day of death, brothers and sisters, you see, you know, <laughs> what your reputation was. <laughs> you either going, you know, <laughs> you going down or you going up, brothers and sisters. See, on... The day of one's birth, you haven't established what your reputation is yet. On the day of death, you really see what your reputation is, brothers and sisters. 
So a good name is better than precious ointment, brothers and sisters. Now, guess what? A reputation is built over time as others evaluate our life choices and determine who we are based on how we behave, brothers and sisters. And what we're, what we're learning here is what others think of us is a far more accurate picture of our life than what we think about ourselves. That's the key. Reputation is not based on what you think about yourself. It's what someone else thinks about you. See, that's the key, brothers and sisters. That's why it says, in the day of death, then the day of one's birth, brothers and sisters. <laughs> Over time, brothers and sisters. We will find out who is a good person on that day, on that day once you die. That's when we'll find out. Now, just speaking in the terms of influence, we're showing you how important it is to have a good name or a good reputation, rather, brothers and sisters. Because some people I know say, well, I, I don't care what they think about me. I don't care what they say. Well, brother, I think you should if you're trying to influence them. Now, we're not saying compromise, you know, compromise and do evil. But, you know, you should care what people think because you represent Christ. You're an ambassador of Christ. So if you don't care about that, then, I mean, how can you be an ambassador? You should care what people think. Further proof. Uh, Brother Corey, we're going to go to 1 Thessalonians 5 and 22. Check this out, brothers and sisters. Because it says a good name is better than precious ointment. 1 Thessalonians 5 and 22. Abstain from all appearance of evil. What does that say? Abstain from all appearance of evil. See? Leadership understands the importance of perception. Brothers and sisters. It didn't say abstain from evil. It said abstain from all appearance of evil. Why? Because a good reputation is better than precious ointment. <laughs> See, brothers and sisters? Reputations are built on the judgments of others. And what we project to others has everything to do with our level of influence. See, brothers and sisters, this is how it works. Now, you may not agree with this, and that's okay. The Bible is giving you the, the manual on how this works. You may not agree with it, but the Bible is right. Can you read that one more time, brother? Verse 22, abstain from all appearance of evil. That's key. Our name is one of our most valuable assets. Why? Because usually your reputation precedes you, brothers and sisters. So if there's a brother uh, who I know or everyone knows to be a good brother, a faithful brother in the work committed to the most high. If someone came up and said, well, yeah, we saw him stealing from the 7-Eleven. What would people say? Nah, I think you're thinking of the wrong person, brother. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> I think maybe somebody that looked like him, but I'm pretty sure that wasn't him. Why? Because of reputation. Your reputation will give you protection, brothers and sisters. That's the importance. See? This is what it takes to gain someone. Even if it's not evil, if it has the appearance or perception of it, stay away from it. And if you won't stay away from it, then it's showing you what you're really about. You're not about gaining somebody. You're, gaining, you're about doing what you want to do. Because even though what you're doing may not be wrong, the perception of it could be a stumbling block. And if you don't care about that, then you're in the wrong business. You're not in the business of, of influencing the earth for Christ's sake, for being an ambassador. Because you don't care 
You just want to do what you want to do. We must understand perception, brothers and sisters. Abstain from all appearance of evil because it can become a stumbling block, brothers and sisters. We're going to go to Proverbs 22 and 1. What does Proverbs 22 and 1 say, Brother Corey? Proverbs 22, verse 1. A good name is rather to be chosen than great riches. What does that say, brother? A good name is rather to be chosen than great riches. A good reputation is to be more desired than great wealth, brothers and sisters. And loving favor rather than silver and gold. And what, brother? And loving favor rather than silver and gold. This scripture... Is descriptive, brothers and sisters. It says a good reputation is of great value <laughs> and therefore something that we should strive to earn and maintain. That's what this scripture is showing us. Why? Because if we have poor reputations, our message is tainted as well. See? If you're going to influence, brothers and sisters, if you're going to be used as an instrument of righteousness by the Most High, it's not about you. See? It's not about you at all. It's about Christ. It's about all those fish out there that you're trying to get on the hook for Christ. It's not about you. See, brothers and sisters, this is critical. This is key. Can you read that one more time, brother? Proverbs 22 and 1. A good name is rather to be chosen than great riches, and loving favor rather than silver and gold. Now, we're going to use biblical literature to illustrate the importance of reputation, brothers and sisters. Since it's telling you a good reputation is, should be chosen rather than get great riches. So we're going to show you what the Bible is going to show you. We're going to go to Ecclesiastes 9 and 16. Follow us, brothers and sisters. Influence, or excuse me, a reputation is very important when you're talking about influence, brothers and sisters. Ecclesiastes 9 and 16. Then said I, wisdom is better than strength. Nevertheless, the poor man's wisdom is despised, and his words are not heard. <laughs> Look at this, brothers and sisters. Look at this. Men will retain their prejudice against a poor man and despise his wisdom. Brothers and sisters, see, so generally speaking, the words of an unstable wise man are ignored. It's telling you, listen, wisdom is better than strength. Nevertheless, a poor man, a poor man's wisdom is despised. So a brother may be poor. His reputation may be poor, but he may have wisdom. But the fact that his reputation is so terrible, people will ignore that. Brothers and sisters, they will not be receptive when the possessor of it has nothing. This is showing you the importance of reputation, brothers and sisters. This is showing you the importance of reputation. Matter of fact, let's jump up. Let's jump up and give you the whole context of the scripture. Let's read verse 14 through 16, brother. Ecclesiastes 9 and 14. There was a little city and a few men within it. And there came a great king against it and besieged it and built great bulwarks against it. So you had a city, a small city, a great king came against it to take it down. Verse 15. 
Now there was found in it a poor wise man. A what? A poor wise man. And he, by his wisdom, delivered the city. Yet no man remembered that poor same man. So it's telling you he had the wisdom to deliver this city, brothers and sisters. Verse 16. Then said I, wisdom is better than strength. Nevertheless, the poor man's wisdom is despised and his words are not heard. <laughs> brothers and sisters, see, <clears throat> look at that. People evaluate the worthiness of our message based on our reputations, brothers and sisters. That's how it is. You may not agree with it, but that's that's reality, brothers and sisters. In spite of the value of wisdom, it will often go ignored if you lack stability. We're showing you, brothers and sisters, the importance of reputation. This brother had the information to be able to um, protect this city, but nobody wanted to hear what he was talking about. They despised him. Like, brother, if it didn't work for you, I don't want it. <laughs> I don't want it, brother. So they're not going to listen to a person that's worse off than them. That's just how it is, brothers and sisters. That's just how it is. It tells you clearly. <laughs> wisdom is better than strength. Nevertheless, the poor man's wisdom is despised and his words are not heard. They don't want to hear it, brother. Because it's not working for you. That's just how it is, brothers and sisters. A man who been, excuse me, a, a man that been divorced five times is not going to give me advice on how to, you know. <laughs> you want to add something to that, brother? It kind of reminds me of um, when we try to tell people don't uh, get vaccines, but they'll rather listen to their doctor instead because I guess in their view, the doctor has a reputation of healing mm -hmm. more than us. And it kind of the same thing when the scenario of, us trying to tell them versus if they hear it from a pastor, like if we're trying to correct a Christian or something. Yeah. Because they know that the pastor went to theologian school, mm -hmm. so in their eyes, the reputation is different. Like they have the diploma and scholarship and mm -hmm. stuff. Mm -hmm. So that's what I kind of think of when I, mm -hmm. when I see this scripture. Mm -hmm. Although it might not be true, mm -hmm. that's what people perceive. Right, right. And that's the key. Perception, brothers and sisters. You have to know how important perception is. Why? Because perception is reality. Brothers and sisters, for a person. So you have to guard your reputation with everything you have. Because it's your reputation that's going to open doors for you or that's going to protect you sometime. Brothers and sisters, it's your reputation. You have to care what people think about you. Why? Because you represent Christ. And as long as you have a good standing... In regards to how people feel about you, you have an opportunity to work for Christ, brothers and sisters. See, it's a lot of work being an influencer, brothers and sisters. It's a lot of work with, for Christ to be able to use us to influence this wicked earth. It, it's a lot. And most are not willing to do it because it's a lot of work. But those who are willing, then you write down what you're learning here, brothers and sisters. And implement it. Because why? Guess what? Knowledge just means to know. Wisdom is the application of that knowledge. So just to know it doesn't really matter. Unless you apply it. Brothers and sisters. Application. Brothers and sisters. Brothers and sisters. I understand that. Some people may not agree with that. Some people may say my. 
you know, my wisdom shouldn't have anything to do with my reputation. But that's lazy, brothers and sisters, because you think that you can separate your wisdom or your knowledge from your reputation and you can't. So that means you should be able to do what you want to do and still educate brothers and sisters. And it don't work like that. I hate it when people say, well, what I do in my private business is of no concern to you. Yes, it is. Because what you do in private determines whether I trust what you say publicly. And that's just realistic, brothers and sisters. That's just realistically. We're going to show you. Even though you may not agree, if you operate under the tenets that we're learning here in Scripture, you will be effective. We're going to go to Joshua chapter 1, verse 8, Brother Corey. Joshua 1 verse 8 This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth But thou shalt meditate therein day and night That thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous For what? For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous And then thou shalt have good success Then what brother? Then thou shalt have good success Success is not up to the most high brothers and sisters the Most High gave the responsibility for success to you and I, brothers and sisters. Why? Because your success protects the reputation of the king. So he actually needs you to be successful. <laughs> Why? Because you're his ambassador. See, he's saying, listen, I'm giving you the tools to be successful, which your success protects the king's reputation. If the king have a representative in that person... Is not prospering, then how does that make the king look? Can you read that one more time, brother? Joshua 1 and 8. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest do according, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous. And then thou shalt have good success. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous and have good success. So guess what? Your success, my success, our success, it protects the reputation of the king. It needs us, the Most High needs us to be successful because our influence is dictated by our success, brothers and sisters. That's the whole deal. Anyone who's successful has influence, brothers and sisters. <laughs> okay? Look at, I mean, what is it? Kanye West. Look at what's going on with him. <laughs> now, would I learn scriptures from Kanye West? Absolutely not. But somebody would <laughs> just because he's successful. Brothers and sisters, if you can find something and be successful in it, you automatically will get influence. Brothers and sisters. See, these are the rules. This is the rules of influence, brothers and sisters. You find one thing that you you know, you love, you become successful at that. And guess what? With that success is going to come influence because that's how the world operates, brothers and sisters. What we're reading here is success is a result of an obedience to law, brothers and sisters. See, if you obey what we're reading here, the Most High will be able to utilize you to influence the earth. And we can reverse what 2nd Ezra said was going on, which is the earth is getting weaker with age. More sinners. <laughs> sinners are increasing, which is a great indictment on those who are supposed to be the custodians of the word of God. 
Because Christ commanded, go into the nations, baptizing them, teaching them the commandments. We don't know how to reach him. We're learning how to today, brothers and sisters. We're going to go to Mark 4 and 26, Brother Corey. We're going to the gospel here. We're going to read Mark uh, verse, excuse me, chapter 4. We'll read 26 through 28, Brother Corey. Mark 4 and 26. And he said... So is the kingdom of God as if a man should cast seed into the ground. So the kingdom works as if a man planted a seed in the ground and should sleep and rise night and day and the seed should spring up should spring and grow up. He knoweth not how. He what? He knoweth not how. Re read that from the top, brother, please. Verse 27. And should sleep and rise night and day and the seed should spring and grow up. And he knoweth not how. For the earth bringeth forth fruit of herself. First the blade, then the ear. After that, the full corn in the ear. <laughs> Brothers and sisters, look at this. Look at what Christ is. Look at what Christ is dropping here. He said the kingdom of God is like a seed you plant into the <clears throat> ground. You can go to sleep, wake up, go to sleep, wake up, and that thing grow on its own. So what is he saying is... Obedience is the number one principle to success. It has no choice but to be successful if you follow the rules, if you follow the law. See, you don't know how the, the, the seed grew. You just knew the rules say, put the seed in the ground, right? Moisturize it, let it get sun. It's going to grow. You don't know how. You don't need to know how. <laughs> He's telling you, you don't have anything to worry about. You do what's, what's, you know, what you're learning here in these scriptures. It will succeed. You don't have to worry about how. See? You do the right thing. It's like putting a seed in the ground. You should go to sleep. Rise night and day. <laughs> the seed shall spring and grow up. And he don't know how. See? You can go to sleep <laughs> when you've done the right thing. You don't have to worry about it. It's going to work. Because that's how the kingdom operates, brothers and sisters. See? Even though you may not understand it, if you follow what we're learning here, success is not optional, brothers and sisters. Success is not optional. It's as if a man put a seed in the ground and should sleep and rise night and day. So he's saying you can go to sleep on that. <laughs> and guess what? It'll spring and grow up, brothers and sisters. And then on verse 28, could you read that, brother? Verse 28, <clears throat> for the earth bringeth forth fruit of herself, first the blade, then the ear, after that the full corn so, in the ear. So it's showing you, brothers and sisters, it's a process. <laughs> it don't all come at one time. It builds a little bit grow, then a little bit, then the full thing. See, brothers and sisters, if you do the right thing, you will have good success. Brothers and sisters, and you have to know that. You have to believe that. Even if in your mind you can't see how this can be obtained. If you follow the word of God, it will lead you to be successful. Brothers and sisters, you have to know that the Bible is infallible. And if you follow it to the T, even if you don't understand it, the result that the Bible says you will obtain is the result you will obtain because that's how the earth works, brothers and sisters. We're going to show you. 
Brother Court, let's go back to the uh, let's go back to the Old Testament. We're going to go to Ecclesiastes ten and ten, brother. Ecclesiastes ten, verse ten. If the iron be blunt, and he do not wet the edge, then must he put to more strength. Could you read that again, brother? If the iron be blunt. And he do not wet the edge. When it says wet the edge, if it's, if it's not sharpened, if he don't sharpen the edge, then must he put to more strength. But wisdom is profitable to direct. Look at this, brothers and sisters. It's telling you the less wisdom is used, the greater the strength required. Brothers and sisters. If the iron, if the blade be blunt and you don't sharpen the edge, then you have to strike it and swing it harder. But with wisdom, it's profitable to direct. So this scripture exemplifying is exemplifying how wisdom will will serve instead of strength and energy, brothers and sisters. <laughs> you you don't have to work as hard if you're using the wisdom. That's what Christ was showing us. It's like a man who casts a seed into the ground. You can go to sleep on that. Does it's not hard. This is critical, brothers and sisters. Could you read verse ten again, brother? Verse 10, if the iron be blunt and he do not wet the edge, then must he put to more strength. But wisdom is profitable to direct. But wisdom is profitable to direct. Wisdom helps accomplish the goal without much effort, brothers and sisters. It will assist us in doing the job with less difficulty. See, for example, brothers and sisters, let's say Brother Corey and I, we're, we're headed down to um, to to the mall and the car break down on us. We pull over the car. We stand there for six, seven hours with the hood up looking, you know, trying to figure out what's wrong with this. Well, listen, this is it the brake fluid is the, is it the brakes? Is it the engine? And then we call up a mechanic. The mechanic take one look at the engine and say, Oh, I know what you do. One thing you need to do is your, um, your, your cable, your battery cable was loose. <laughs> See, when you have the wisdom, you don't have to work as hard. This is what he's showing you, brothers and sisters. See, you're working harder and not smarter. We're not in that business. We're going to work smarter and not harder. There's a difference between busyness and effectiveness, brothers and sisters. He's saying if you operate under the tenets you are learning here, I will use you. I will use you to influence the entire earth, brothers and sisters. Now, if you, you know, you get in your feelings and say, well, it shouldn't be that way. Well, listen, that's your opinion. It's not about how it should be. It's how it is. A lot of things are going on that shouldn't be, but it is, brothers and sisters. This is the work it takes to become influential in this earth, brothers and sisters. And we're not saying that you got to be famous. That's not what we're talking about. You just have to have enough influence for one person <laughs> to get close enough to that person to be able to share the truth with them, brothers and sisters. That's it. Let's prove that. Let's go to Proverbs, brother, 11 and 30. We're learning some good information here, brothers and sisters. Kingdom influence. Proverbs 11 and 30. The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life. And he that winneth souls is wise. He that what? Winneth souls is wise. It takes only a little knowledge to believe something. It takes more knowledge to be able to teach something, brothers and sisters. It tells you 
Could you read it again? Verse 30. The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life. And he that winneth souls is wise. He that winneth souls is wise. Showing you is going to take wisdom to win souls. Brothers and sisters. See? It's going to take wisdom. You have all the knowledge that you want. If you don't have wisdom. If you don't apply the knowledge. You will struggle. Brothers and sisters. Now. We have to have the wisdom of leadership, preliminary to leadership, brothers and sisters. That's key. So we're learning the attributes. We're learning how to maneuver, brothers and sisters, in order for the Most High to use us. Because it shows us that he that winneth souls is wise, because it can't be done without wisdom, brothers and sisters. This is key. And some of the wisdom we must know is management, brothers and sisters. Management will always attract God's resources, brothers and sisters. God will always give you because you manage. That is some very important wisdom, brothers and sisters. Management. Especially when we're talking about influence, brothers and sisters. Let us show you. Let's go to the gospel. We're going to go to Luke 16 and 10, brother Corey. Let's check that out, brother. Luke 16, verse 10. He that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much. And he that is unjust in the least is unjust also in much. Now, this is key, brothers and sisters. This is critical because God has a low tolerance for mismanagement. Doesn't matter what it is, brothers and sisters. He created everything and he will not have it mismanaged, brothers and sisters. Whether resources, power or position, God will only give you what you won't waste. Brothers and sisters, this is key. It starts with the small things, brothers and sisters. If a brother wanted to teach the Bible or whatever the case may be, guess what? What if the Most High just send you one person on the street? Will you walk past them? Will you not have the patience? Or are you not going to do it unless you got 100 people in a room? If you want to get to 100 people in a room, you better start with the one. See? If a brother, you know, want to do physical training or whatever the case may be. The Most High is going to send him maybe one or two people to see, will he train them just as hard as he would train them if it was a hundred? Will he care as much with one or two as he would if it was 500? See, because why? If you're unfaithful in the least, you'll be unfaithful in the much. This is a key tenet, a principle that you must understand, brothers and sisters, in order to be utilized in the leadership to influence Brothers and sisters, could you read that one more time, brother? Luke 16, verse 10. He that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much. And he that is unjust in the least is unjust also in much. See, this is key, brothers and sisters. Management. That's key, brothers and sisters. We have to, we have to implement the principle or, or the knowledge of how to manage. If a brother... Get a hundred dollars and can't manage that right. You might as well not ask the most high for a million. Because you, you couldn't even give him 10% of a hundred. <laughs> See, brothers and sisters, this is key. The most high will keep his resources from people if they don't oversee their resources with intelligent oversight. He will not give you more. Brother asking for a brand new car. The car he have is dirty. Don't get it washed. Brakes need to be done. Oil haven't been changed in years, but you're asking for a new car. See? 
Don't work like that, brothers and sisters. Whatever it is, no matter how small it may seem, you take care of it. Because it's that that the Most High is looking for. Guess what? If you're not being faithful while you're single, you're definitely not going to be faithful when you have, you know, a man or a woman. And when we say faithful, we mean committed to the Most High. We mean studying. We mean devoted, reading. You're not going to say, well, you know what? When I get a husband <laughs> or when I get a wife, then I'm actually going to work harder. I'm actually going to be more committed to God. Who are you fooling, brother? Who are you fooling, sister? The most I don't operate like that. Show him now that you can manage your time properly. And then he can add a husband or a wife there. Why? Because you, you showed me that you can manage your time properly. That's how it goes, brothers and sisters. These are the principles we must learn. We're going to show you. We're going to go to Ecclesiasticus in the Apographer 38 and 24. Management, brothers and sisters, is critical in leadership. And you must be in a leadership position to be able to do what the gospel is telling us to make disciples out of the nations. Ecclesiasticus 38 and 24. The wisdom of a learned man cometh by opportunity of leisure. What did that say, brother? The wisdom of a learned man cometh by opportunity of leisure. And he that hath little business shall become wise. Mm, see? The wisdom of a learned man come through his free time, which means after work, brother. <laughs> See, your wisdom, whatever it is, your gift is, whatever, you know, you're interested in, your wisdom is going to come after your nine to five. See, this is where it is. Whether that's a brother want to, uh, you know, he, he shoot hoops. He want to be a, a basketball instructor or somebody who want to do architecture. You get that, you get the wisdom in your leisure time, brothers and sisters. You don't have leisure from nine to five. That's when you work. After that is when you become successful. Can you read that, brother, one more time? Verse 24. The wisdom of a learned man cometh by opportunity of leisure. And he that hath little business shall become wise. Now that's key. Little business. He that hath little business. See, that's why you got to focus on one thing. Because we're doing a lot... We're doing a little bit of a lot of things, brothers and sisters, and are successful at none of it. See, we have to find our focus and stick there, brothers and sisters. Because if you become successful in whatever your vision or focus is, automatically influence will come with that, brothers and sisters. He that have little business shall become wise. We must get focused, brothers and sisters. Uh, can you read the next scripture, brother? Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiasticus 38 and 25. How can he get wisdom that holdeth the plow and that glorieth in the gold that driveth oxen and is occupied in their labors and whose talk is of bullocks? He giveth his mind to make furrows and is diligent to give the kind father. So every carpenter and workmaster that labored night and day and they that cut engraved seals and are diligent to make great variety and give themselves to counterfeit imagery, and watch to finish a work. The smith also sitting by the anvil, and considering the iron work, the vapor of the fire wasteth his flesh, and he fighteth with the heat of the furnace. The noise of the hammer and the anvil is ever in his ears. It's talking about a blacksmith. And his eyes look still upon the pattern of the thing that he maketh. He setteth his mind to finish his work, 
and watch it to polish it perfectly. See, this is talking about a job here. So a brother who's only a brother or a sister who's only focuses what their job is, what they're getting paid for, can't be used, brothers and sisters, because your job and your work are completely different things. Most people don't have a job in their gift. Some people do, but you you usually refine your gift when you're not working, <laughs> brothers and sisters. And that's the problem because what's keeping most of us from identifying our gift is a job, brothers and sisters. Because when we get off of that job, it's time to, what do they do? Sit in front of the TV. Some people drinking beers or whatever the case may be. I'm not sure. But he's telling you that after this, your time of leisure, which means after work, what are you doing then? If a brother want to go to the NBA, is after he come from school or after, uh, you know, work, do he come home and, sh and shoot baskets for two, three hours? Whatever you do daily, you will become a professional at, brothers and sisters. Whatever you do daily, whatever consumes your, your day, excuse me, whatever consumes your time daily, you will become professional at, brothers and sisters. Can you read the next scripture? Verse 29, brother. Verse 29. So that the potter sitting at his work and turning the wheel about with his feet, who is always carefully set at his work and make it all his work by number. He fashioned the clay with his arm and bowed down his strength before his feet. He applied himself to lead it over and he is diligent to make clean the furnace. Now here we, we, he's talking <clears throat> about potters. So we talked about potters. We talked about blacksmith. All these are things that the earth can't operate without. So we're not saying it's, you know, not to have a job. That's not what we're saying, brothers and sisters. But your job is for you to pay your bills. What you're doing after that is working on your vision, brothers and sisters. You work on your vision after your <clears throat> nine to five. Verse 31. All these trust to their hands and everyone is wise in his work. And what? Everyone is wise in his work. See, everyone is wise in their job and their work that they're being paid for. Verse 32. Without these cannot a city be inhabited, and they shall not dwell where they will, nor go up and down. See, so without these uh, industries or um, these laborers that we just read in the previous scriptures, a city can't even be inhabited. Verse 33. They shall not be sought for in public council. But what, brother? But they will not be sought for in public council. They will not be sought after for public council. Nor sit high in the congregation. They shall not sit on the judge's seat, nor understand the sentence of judgment. They cannot declare justice in judgment. And they shall not be found where parables are spoken. So look at that. Nobody will come to you in, for wisdom. No one will come to you for wisdom, whether your wisdom is in whatever your gift is. Nobody's coming to you for that because the only thing you did was work on being a blacksmith. Only thing you did was work on being a carpenter. Only thing you did was work on, you know, whatever you was being paid for. You become successful after work, brothers and sisters. This is the key. A man become wise in whatever his gift is in his time of leisure. Brothers and sisters. So remember what we said is he who's faithful in least will be faithful in much. Now you're understanding because as a leader, time is your most valuable resource. Brothers and sisters. 
And guess what? Effective leadership is formed in its preparation. Effective leaders have mastered time management. They hate to waste time. A lot of them got their day already scheduled out. Brothers and sisters, of what time I'm doing this, what time I'm doing that, how much time I'm going to have to do that. Why? Because before you have anything to be an authority over, you have time. You have authority of that. <laughs> Master that. Master that. He will not allow us to lead or influence in an area which we have not prepared. So in your time of leisure is when you're preparing, brothers and sisters. See? That's critical. That's when you prepare for whatever it is your gift is that the Most High is going to use. Whatever your talent is that the Most High is going to use to set you up to be able to influence brothers and sisters. Every single day, brothers and sisters, your time of leisure, what do you do? Do you play video games in your time of leisure? Are you smoking blunts in your time of leisure? Are you going to strip club? What are you doing in your time of leisure? Because it matters. See, the people he's going to use to influence can be found in how they use their time of leisure. Brothers and sisters, we're learning something critical. We're learning something vital here. Brothers and sisters, these are the things that the Most High is looking for from the children of Israel in order to inaugurate us into an influential position in the earth. Let's go to... Let's go to Proverbs, brothers, 6 and 6. We're almost done, brothers and sisters. Stick with us, please. Proverbs 6, verse 6. Go to the ant, thou sluggard. Consider her ways and be wise, which having no guide, overseer, or ruler, provideth her meat in the summer and gathereth her food in the harvest. Look at this, brothers and sisters. Could you read that one more time, brother? Verse 6. Go to the ant, thou sluggard. Consider her ways and be wise, which having no guide, overseer, or ruler, provided her meat in the summer and gathered her food in the harvest. Brothers and sisters, ants know how to be conscious of the future and to prepare for it. That's key. When the times are good, they work extra hard to store up for the bad times. <laughs> See, this is what he's looking for, brothers and sisters. This is exactly what he's looking for in his leadership as his ambassadors, brothers and sisters. Could you read that one more time, brother? Proverbs 6 and 6. Go to the ant, thou sluggard. Consider her ways and be wise, which having no guide, overseer, or ruler. That's key. What did that part say? Which having no guide, overseer, or ruler. So the second lesson is to be a self-starter. They do not need a drill sergeant. They have no guide, no overseer or ruler. Or verse 7, which having no guide, overseer or ruler, provided her meat in the summer and gathered her food in the harvest. See, so it's showing you they're self-disciplined. <laughs> they're self-disciplined, brothers and sisters. So guess what? It's talking about the discipline of spending, brothers and sisters. Provided her meat in the summer and gather her food in the harvest. Guess what? Uh, preparation should always be preliminary to crisis, brothers and sisters. See, when things are good, what are you doing? See, 
Because I know some people, the more they get, the more they, they use. <laughs> the more money they have, the more they spend. <laughs> That's key, brothers and sisters. It's showing you we can learn something even from the ants, brothers and sisters. This is a leadership quality here, which is foresight, brothers and sisters, which is the discipline of not only spending, but working in preparation. Could you read six one more time, brother? Verse six, go to the ant, thou sluggard. Consider her ways and be wise. It says consider her ways. Why? Because it's the female ant, brothers and sisters, that's doing the work. <laughs> look at this, brothers and sisters, which show you the Bible is flawless because you can look that up. You can look that up, brothers and sisters. Those who are looking to be utilized to influence the earth around you. Some of us, the most high just created with influence where people always want to be around you. They want to, you know, listen to what you have to say. And a lot of us probably used it for evil. <laughs> in times past it's time to reform yourself brothers and sisters because I know the Most High gave that gift to the children of Israel especially Benjamin, Judah and Levi so now it's time brothers and sisters to learn how to influence properly because we're already influencing the earth you can tell you can tell we are influencing the earth but it's not in a way that the that Christ, an ambassador of Christ, should do. Here we are. We're learning, brothers and sisters. We're learning about the kingdom. We're learning at how. Excuse me. We're learning about how to influence the earth in regards to obtaining this kingdom, brothers and sisters. Let's go to Proverbs twenty-seven and twelve, brother Corey, please. Proverbs. 27 verse 12, a prudent man foreseeth the evil and hideth himself, but the simple pass on and are punished. See, here it is. We're talking about management, brothers and sisters. That's one of the key qualities of leadership, management. So here he's emphasizing the foresight of prudence. A prudent man foreseeth the evil and hideth himself. See, so God will allow trials to see how well we manage. Brothers and sisters, that's why the trial is there. Could you read that one more time, brother? Verse 12. A prudent man foreseeth the evil and hideth himself, but the simple pass on and are punished. See, that's key. You have to have, you have to prepare for things to go wrong, brothers and sisters. You have to have a backup plan, especially if you're a man. You need to have two, three plans. Because what happens is sometimes we believe that life, especially young people, Young people don't even have enough experience to know what could go wrong. They operate as, operate as if everything is going to go perfectly to how you planned it. A prudent man foreseeth the evil, brothers and sisters. And that's not just in working. That's in everything you do. Well, you know what? I'm not going to go to that location because if someone see me at that location, uh, that could affect my um, witnessing. I'm foreseeing the evil. Well, nah. Nah, I don't, I'm not going to, I'm married. I'm not going to go hang out with all these girls, even though they're just friends. Nah. See? Prudent man or woman foresee the evil, brothers and sisters. And why are we bringing this up? Because we're talking about management. And whatever you fail to manage, you will lose. Whether it's a job, 
a family, whatever it is, brothers and sisters, if you mismanage a car, you're going to lose it. Now, we're not saying everything you lose is because you mismanaged it, but you can guarantee if you do mismanage it, it will, you will relinquish it, brothers and sisters. This is key. So we have to understand this. We're going to show you that. Let's show you Adam, brothers and sisters. Let's go back to the beginning. We're going to go to Genesis 3 and 22. Genesis 3 and 22. And the Lord God said, Behold, the man is become as one of us to know good and evil. And now, lest he put forth his hand and take also of the tree of life and eat and live forever. Therefore, the Lord God sent him forth from the garden of Eden. What happened? Therefore, the Lord God sent him forth from the garden of Eden to till the ground from whence he was taken. So he drove out the man. And he placed at the east of the garden of Eden cherubims and a flaming sword which turneth every way to keep the way of the tree of life. Look at that, brothers and sisters. See? See, look at that. When you mismanage something, he took Adam from the garden, brothers and sisters, and then made sure Angel was there so he didn't get back, brothers and sisters. So the fall of mankind was the manifestation of mismanagement, brothers and sisters. If you can't manage God's resources, he takes them from you, brothers and sisters. He will remove from you whatever you mismanage. So let's become a disciplined people, brothers and sisters. Let's become disciplined. Because these are the things he's looking for preliminary to position. Preliminary, brothers and sisters. Some of us don't have the foresight, but that's why you need the vision. Because the vision tells you your destination but also with knowing your destination that tell you how to operate in day-to-day -day life, brothers and sisters. Goals to help you get to your destination, brothers and sisters. So we have to find our gift, brothers and sisters. The Bible is showing us how to become influential, to be able to do what Christ did, which was affect the whole earth. And he did this in three and a half years, brothers and sisters. Three and a half years. Here we are over 2,000 years later speaking about this brother. We're going to go to John 6 and 12. We got just a few more scriptures and we're going to close up. We're going to the gospel. John, we're going to read, we'll go to chapter 6. And uh, actually, we're going to read this, this, this miracle of Christ here. We'll read, let's start at, let's start at verse 5, Brother Corey. <clears throat> John 6, verse 5. When Christ then lifted up his eyes and saw a great company coming to him, he said unto Philip, Whence shall we buy bread, that these may eat? Now we remember this is after Christ has is, is been teaching. He's got a great multitude of thousands of brothers and sisters um, following after him. And now it's time to feed. Verse 6. And this he said to prove him. Could you read 5 one more time, brother? Verse 5. When Christ then lifted up his eyes and saw a great company coming to him, he said unto Philip, Whence shall we buy bread that these may eat? And this he said to prove him. For he himself knew what he would do. So he wanted to see, look at this. <laughs> 
And this he said to prove him. Christ wanted to prove. See, he'll put you in predicaments in which you prove your faith, brothers and sisters. Prove your preparation. See this, brothers and sisters? For he himself knew what he was going to do. <laughs> Look at this. Verse 7. Philip answered him, 200 penny worth of bread is not sufficient for them, that every one of them may take a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said unto him, There is a lad here, which hath five barley loaves and two small fishes, but what are they among so many? And Christ said, Make the men sit down. Now there was much grass in the place, so the men sat down, in number about 5,000. 5,000. They had a little boy's lunch. He said five loaves and two fish, and they had 5,000 people. Verse 11, and Christ took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed to the disciples, and the disciples to them that were set down, and likewise of the fishes as much as they would. As what? As much as they would. He gave as much as they wanted. Verse 12, when they were filled, he said unto his disciples. What did he say, brother? Gather up the fragments that remain. What did he say? Gather up the fragments that remain. That nothing be lost. That what, brother? Nothing be lost. We must learn management resources properly and don't waste things. Because here you are, Christ is showing us right here. The Most High does not sponsor mismanagement. He said, go pick up, you know, the rest of the little fragments that's there after feeding 5,000. Said, so nothing is wasted. See, brothers and sisters? Read verse 13, brother, please. Verse 13. Therefore, they gathered them together and filled 12 baskets with the fragments of the five barley loaves, which remained over and above unto them that had eaten. <laughs> Brothers and sisters, you have to learn mismanagement is against the Most High. What we're showing you here is that Christ possessed a management mentality. He detested waste. Brothers and sisters, if you want to attract much, manage the little. That's one of the secrets. That's one of the principles of success, brothers and sisters. If you want to attract much, manage the little. Many people don't do that. They say, well, you know, I had a brother tell me, yeah, I, I think I'm going to get two, three jobs. I'm like, why, brother? Well, so I can get more money. Well, brother, the Bible tells you the money is not the issue. It's the knowledge. You're mismanaging the money, brother. And instead of managing, managing it properly, you'll go get two or three other jobs so you can mismanage that. You can't say the Most High is not putting us in predicaments to make enough money. Are you saying God don't know what he's doing? Of course not. So either you're mismanaging money, living way beyond your means, <laughs> which many of us do. Whatever job you're in, the Most High had put you in a position to have enough to survive. The only reason you would need two and three, all these other extra jobs, is because you're mismanaging. See? And that's why the Most High will always keep, you know, keep us at a certain level because we can't manage things properly. If He can't trust us with $1,000, He definitely can't trust us with $100,000, brothers and sisters. We have to get this, this principle through our mind. It's very important. It's one of the most important principles in the Bible, brothers and sisters. Manage the little, receive more, brothers and sisters. 
We're going to go to Galatians 6 and 9. We've got three scriptures after that, and we're going to close out. We're talking about leadership and influence, brothers and sisters. Galatians chapter 6, verse 9, Brother Corey. Galatians 6, verse 9. And let us not be weary in well-doing. And let us what? Not be weary in well-doing. For in due season we shall rip, reap if we faint not. It's telling you, don't be tired or don't be worn out in well-doing. Brothers and sisters, doing good is hard work, <clears throat> especially if someone begins to doubt whether it matters. See, high energy, strength and stamina to work hard and not be worn down is what's needed to be influenced, uh, excuse me, influential to be in leadership. Brothers and sisters, the leader is the one person who can't get tired. Whatever this, you know, whatever uh, industry this is in, brothers and sisters. Don't get tired of doing well, because why? If the leader is tired, then what about those who he's leading or she's leading? See? And we understand this, brothers and sisters. Sometimes you feel like, you know, you're not getting ahead and you're doing the right thing. Continue to do the right thing. And in due season, we shall reap if we faint not. See, the problem is we look for a return right away. <laughs> See, brother start following the Sabbath for one month. He think, you know, his whole life's supposed to change. No. Let me see some consistency, brother. Let me see some consistency, sister. Let me see some commitment. This is key, brothers and sisters. You must be committed and not be worn out from doing the right thing. We're going to show you why. Let's go to Proverbs 13 and 11. Uh, 13 and 11, brother Corey, please. Proverbs. 13 and 11, brothers and sisters. Proverbs 13, verse 11. What's that say, brother? Wealth gotten by vanity shall be diminished, but he that gathereth by labor shall increase. What did that say, brother? Wealth gotten by vanity shall diminish, but he that gathereth by labor shall increase. This is key, brothers and sisters, because the, the importance of trust to leadership cannot be overstated, brothers and sisters. Influence is built upon a foundation of trust. If a person is not trusted, there is a firm limit on their ability to influence. Brothers and sisters, are you seeing this? The scripture prior said, don't be worn out in well-doing. Proverbs tell you, wealth gotten by vanity shall be diminished. But he that gathereth by labor shall increase. So what is this showing us? Credibility. Brothers and sisters, credibility for a leader is the result of sustained integrity over long periods of time, which means you take the long route. That's what this is showing you, brothers and sisters. The leaders have to take the long route and not take shortcuts. We have to do what's right, brothers and sisters, and that can be the long way because there's always a quicker way to get what you want. That's not a good. That's not a good person. To be used for influence, brothers and sisters. Could you read that one more time, brother? Proverbs 13, verse 11. Wealth gotten by vanity shall be diminished, but he that gathereth by labor shall increase. See, brothers and sisters, if we compromise to get ahead, we will fail. This is what it's showing, brothers and sisters. There is no shortcut. <laughs> 
Matter of fact, the longest way to the destination is a shortcut, brothers and sisters. See? So if you're going to be used, brothers and sisters, don't look for shortcuts. You take the long way. Don't be weary in well-doing, brothers and sisters. This is the leadership here that's going to be utilized for us to influence the world, brothers and sisters. Not trying to always have everything microwaved. Some things got to be slow cooked, brothers and sisters. We're in this microwave age where everybody want instant noodles, instant gratification. We have to work. We have to get out of that mind state, brothers and sisters. We're going to do the right thing no matter how long it takes. Because we will reap in due season, brothers and sisters. We're going to go to Proverbs 21 and 5 and end it at Colossians 3 and 23. Proverbs 21 and 5, brothers and sisters. Proverbs 21, verse 5. The thoughts of the diligent tend only to the to plenteousness, but of everyone that is hasty only to want. But what? Everyone that is hasty only to want. The getting of treasures by a lying tongue is a vanity tossed to and fro of them that seek death. What does that say, brother? The getting of treasures by a lying tongue is a vanity tossed to and fro of them that seek death. Brothers and sisters, the longest way to success is a shortcut. Now, shortcut means you violate laws, brothers and sisters. Shortcuts would be ill-advised if you have aspiration to be used in leadership, brothers and sisters. It's showing you here. The thoughts of the diligent tend only to plenteousness, but... Of everyone that is hasty only to want. Hasty means quick, brothers and sisters. The getting of treasures by a lying tongue, which means you want the treasure so bad, you'll, you'll, you know, you'll perpetrate a shortcut, which is a lying tongue. See? You have to take the long route, brothers and sisters. Shortcuts are not an option. Because if you're, if you're, if you're dealing with shortcuts... The people you're influencing are dealing with shortcuts. See? Now, that's why the Bible said, he that winneth souls is wise because it's a lot more work, brothers and sisters, than to just know some information and be able to pull out Deuteronomy 28. It's more than that. It takes patience, brothers and sisters. It takes hard work. It takes time management, brothers and sisters. It takes a good reputation in abstaining from the appearance of evil. Most people don't want to do all that. I just want to be able to show you Deuteronomy 28. <laughs> See? The laborers are few, brothers and sisters. There's much work. Few laborers. We're going to end it here. We're going to go to Colossians 3 and 23. Follow us to our last scripture of the day, brothers and sisters. Colossians chapter 3. We're going to read verse 23 and 24, brother Corey. Colossians 3 and 23. And whatsoever ye do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not unto men. And what? And not unto men, knowing that of the Lord ye shall receive the reward of inheritance, for ye serve the Lord Christ. Brothers and sisters, regardless of our station in life, the Most High is the one ultimately judging all we do. So he's telling you, serve as if you're serving God himself, brothers and sisters. 
demonstrating a good work attitude makes a tremendous difference in our influence on others, brothers and sisters. Just, just imagine, just imagine whoever you you know is leading you is complaining. <laughs> just imagine that, brothers and sisters. Imagine you're in the military and your leader is complaining. <laughs> How does that work? Exactly, brothers and sisters. Work hard. Don't be a complainer. Be the leader that the Most High created us to be. Learn how we can use our gifts to influence the earth, brothers and sisters. Today we went into the tenets uh, of influence, of kingdom influence, brothers and sisters. We ask that brothers and sisters go um, over this lesson. Um, ponder it. Pray on it. Take notes, brothers and sisters, and apply what it is that you've learned. Today was Kingdom Influence, brothers and sisters, which was our fourth and final installment of our Kingdom of Heaven series. We want to say, Kwam Yashirala. Kwam Yashirala. Sin no more. Sin no more.